Hey everybody, welcome back to the show. This is episode 64. Me and Dan sat down and talked about a bunch of new stuff that was going on in the hunting industry. Anything from the trail cam ban in Kansas to a guy beating a guy with a moose antler. Then uh, we also talked about throwing antlers on mice and then took a bunch of (laughs) questions and answers. Also guys, my audio was kind of screwed up on the first 15 minutes of this episode. I really apologize. You can hear me and everything. I just sound real hollow. I fixed it just 10 minutes, 15 minutes in, something like that. Um, Just had the settings wrong on my computer. When we went to the show this weekend, I used some different gear for being a little bit more more mobile and had the settings uh, screwed up on my, my program here. Sorry about that. Just bear with it. It changes pretty pretty quick. All right, everybody. Thanks for all the support, and let's get right into the episode. Hey, everybody. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the show. I hope everybody's doing good tonight. Um, how's Dan doing? I'm alive. Good. I haven't talked to you, really. We, Me and Dan, the last 10 minutes, been trying to get to, he got a new mic, and we're trying to get it to work, and we failed. So finally, we just got on here. <laughs> um, what have you been up to since the the getting back from the seminars or the show? Ah, uh, I had to take my truck in. I pretty much demolished that thing on the way up to Ohio. Oh yeah, I forgot about that. The brake started uh, uh, grinding about halfway there, and I had it in about I don't know two months ago, and I told them to check the brakes and all that stuff, and they were like. Everything's good to go for a long time yet. <laughs> then halfway to Ohio, the brakes start grinding, and uh, so driving around and grinding brakes the whole weekend. Uh, by the time I got back from Ohio, uh, it had worn through. The rotors were shot, the calipers were shot, um, and then I had a bad ball joint, and uh, the struts and shocks and all that crap were gone. So, um, yeah. $3,000 later, I got my truck back. I only worked one day this week, this week, today. I was going to say, yeah, because you uh, leave tomorrow for Wisconsin Bills. Yep. Show. People are asking where we're going to be this weekend. That's where we're going to be. Um, Kalahari Resort. Yep, Kalahari Resort. You can buy tickets. I got in the description, I got uh, a link to go to the to get the tickets. and In full, um, too. In fault two saves you two dollars, but I had a good time over the weekend in Ohio. It was a good show, I thought. Yeah, you could try in fault five hundred and see if you make some money. Yeah, there you go. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, You liked Ohio? You had fun? Yeah, it was good. Hardly got a chance to talk to you. It was so crazy. Yeah, we didn't. We didn't. Only time we talked is when we ate. Yep. Yeah, in the ten minutes before our seminar started up there. Um. That anybody going to the Wisconsin show can listen to our well-prepared seminar now because we, me and Dan, did it five times in the at the um, Ohio show, <laughs> so we're practiced up for it. Um, man, met, met a lot of uh, fans, a lot of cool people. Um, it was crazy. I didn't realize we had that big of a following in Ohio. Yeah, we're getting bigger and bigger. I guess Saturday was crazy. I mean, it was standing room only, pretty much. Friday was pretty busy too. I mean, Sunday had its ups and downs. It was slow at the beginning. Yeah. Then it got real heavy and then it got slow again. Yeah. Which I, that's pretty typical for a Sunday, isn't it? I mean, it's sometimes Usually Sundays slow. start out strong and then but, uh, die and, down. And 
Yeah, but uh, all all in all, it was a pretty busy show, and uh, I never had a chance to sit down the whole time during the shows. Yeah, I don't know how you do that, man. I, me and Eric were talking about that sitting there. Uh, you just like nonstop or talking to people the whole time. It was fun. It was it was pretty fun. Yeah, yeah. Um, I haven't been to that show in uh, so long. I couldn't remember if I when I was there last, and uh, mm-hmm. I think it was like uh, between between ten and twelve years ago. Mm-hmm. There were a lot of people that remembered me going there last. I couldn't even remember hardly going there. Yep. Yeah, there's a few people that said they saw you here the last time you were here back in the nineties. <laughs> the nineties, over a decade ago. Uh, yeah. Yeah, it's got to yeah. be, you're right. It's got to be more than 10 or 12 years because it's 223 now. And I know it was in the 90s. It's before 2000 when I was at that show. Yeah. Wow. It's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> time flies, Dan. Yeah, good. It was a fun time. I got yep. to see the crack house. Did you see that? I saw that on Facebook. Yeah, you weren't with me when I went to the crack house. No, I was uh, scared. We, I had a monster addiction. I mean, uh, uh, me and uh, me and Eric, Eric both had to have monsters real bad. And uh, Eric drank the whole 12 pack, so we had to go out and get more. And uh, everything around the uh, where they have the show there in Ohio and Columbus mm-hmm. seems to be a pretty bad area. Yeah. And uh, we got down the street there and we went into this gas station that really looked like hell. Mm-hmm. And uh, across the street was a place called the Crack House. So I went over there and posed for pictures, uh, even though Eric told me that was probably a bad idea to get out of the car. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 There's some rough areas in, in Ohio. Um, but. And maybe that's why they had us stay in like far away because we had to drive like 20 minutes to get to the place. We had a lot of friends there. We had uh, uh, Gum Leaf was right beside us. Um, yep. They're going to be next to us at the next show. So if mm-hmm. you guys want to see the boots, they'll be next to us in uh, Madison. And we had uh, Prime across from us, and they're going to be in Madison too. Right. I mean the Dells. It used to be Madison. Yeah. And uh, we ran into our buddies at Osseo. Those yep. guys are fun guys. Yeah. Um, Joe and Randall were there. Yep. Yeah. A lot of cool guys at that show. Mm-hmm. A lot of old friends and stuff. Yep. Yeah. And uh, just so everybody knows on the, uh, that's watching this, um, Joe over at Osseo Gear is going to try to support the, the show somehow. We're going to try to work that out right now, but um, he's getting real excited about it. He was on over the weekend and he, he loved it. So, uh, me and him are trying to work out some way to for he so he can help and help grow the the show and um, fund this thing. <laughs> oh, um, he's he's actually man alive. I I didn't I didn't really know Joe that well until this weekend, and I got to Facebook stalking him a little bit. And holy cow, the wall that guy has of big bucks is insane. Yeah, he's a now, modest guy. He's a good guy. Yeah. Yep. Anyway. Um, uh, this, uh, we got a whole bunch of stuff to talk about. We essentially have a show full of news articles, uh, for everybody tonight. And I think we'll start with probably the, 
big hot topic right now in the hunting industry is that trail cam ban that came across in Kansas on public land. Um, you saw that, right, Dan? Yeah. Yeah. Kind of. That's kind of the first, you know, Midwest big buck state that's that's banning them on on public land. Uh, I listened to some of the stuff Exodus put out about it, and they essentially watched the uh, the hearing on it or where they were were voting and they like just kind of remarked about it and man it it was pretty people that were voting for it were pretty uneducated about trail cameras i mean they were asking how can you tell the difference between a cell cam and a regular cam and i mean it was just like it looked it looked pretty bad like it looked like they you know all the time i mean people i know Never use a crossbow. Hate crossbows because you shoot stuff at four thousand yards and you don't even have to aim and you just press a button. Right. They, they cell cams. If they don't use cell cams because they think you just stick it out there and it kills the deer for you and you know exactly where the deer is and all you have to do is walk out there and shoot it. Yeah. Um, yeah. There's a little reality in some of that hate, but um, sure, it ain't all there. Right. You know. Yeah. The one guy was because I think. I didn't get to listen. I didn't listen to the whole hearing, but they, they're trying to maybe get like regular card, regular SD card cam cameras legal and then cell cameras illegal, you know, and the guy's like, why in the world are you going to tell what's, what's the difference, you know? And the guy was like, one of, there was a, yeah, there was a hunter there trying to, there's only another thing that was pretty bad uh, on the, as far as the hunting community goes, was there's only two people that showed up to support either way, you know? Yeah. Um, so it's like, if you don't, uh, if if people aren't more involved than that, then it's you know, if whatever, it really comes down to a, a matter of uh, animal harassment or something like that, where they're, you know, like you got a few water holes or something that are just getting a thousand of them, like like they've like out west, yeah, yeah. You know, I don't know if any of that's really true, but uh, if that's really the case, what they could do is make you register them, and you can only use so many. I think uh, it's another case of one of those things where you outlaw the cameras. The cameras are still going to be used, and now the outlaws are going to get the deer, and they're going to get the, the data, and they're going to get to use them. And they'll just won't put their names on it or anything. They'll scrub them and put them out there, and they'll use them anyways. And and the rest of us that yeah. behave won't have the advantage of using self camps or trail cams. Right. So it's, it's kind of a catch-22. I mean, that's something that's so easy for somebody to stick out there and you know, it's kind of kind of like uh, regulating uh, bait in some places like Michigan. I mean, they can't stop people. Once yeah. people are using those cameras, I don't think they're going to stop. I, I think uh, outlaws are still going to use them or people that are a little shady. And I don't know how yeah. they're going to monitor that or how they're going to. If somebody walks up and gets a camera and the guy jumps out of the bushes, which is pretty unlikely, and says, I got gotcha, right. you. Can say, Not my camera, I was just taking it because it's illegal. You know, yeah, you can't win. You know, you know what I'm saying? It's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know why they. I, I kind of wonder what brought this proposal up. I wonder why. Uh, you know, you, I, you could probably look at look it up, but I'm just like, I wonder what brought it up. Like, why? I wonder why people wanted them gone in in uh, Kansas. Well, I don't know. You, I mean, put up a uh, post about cell cams, and everybody that's never ever used one in their life will tell you why they're the worst thing in the world. Yeah. You know, I see it all the time in posts on the, on the forum and stuff. I mean, you sh- you shouldn't really uh, just believe something without trying it. I mean, there's 
cell cams are not the magic pixie dust people make them out to be. Yeah. Right. I'm not, I don't know. I'm not totally against uh, banning them. I think the problem is, is that uh, some people have like 20 or 30 of them going, you know? Yeah. And then it gets to be, there's, they're everywhere. Um, yeah. But I think the problem people have with them, if they're really honest, and I think uh, most people won't be honest, and they'll call me a liar. But the problem is, is that they think those people have an advantage over them, and they really don't want to spend the money on those kind of cameras, and they don't, mm -hmm. or they don't have the money, and they think this person has a technological advantage because of his money. You know. Mm -hmm. Well, that's just. I mean, that's a fact. Like anybody in deer hunting has an advantage if you have more money. I mean, that's. Yeah. It's just. It's hard for people to hear, but like. Well, that's the same thing I say all the time. It's not a competition. Right. If you make it a competition, the guy with the money or the guy that doesn't need to work or, or the guy with the excellent job is always going to win. Yeah. So, I mean, because you're giving them advantages. It's not yeah. a competition. You you have to have that competition with yourself. You yourself have to decide, you know, you know what you want to hold out for, what your goals are going to be, and what you can accomplish. Because we can't all accomplish what everybody else can. And if it's really about shooting the biggest buck, I mean, we can just go out and buy some giant ranch in Iowa, a thousand acres, and right, shoot big bucks. Know. Yeah, exactly. So uh, it's not it's not apples to apples. So you, you can't really worry about other people. You got to worry about yourself. Who cares what other people shoot or how they shoot it? What really yeah. matters is what you do. It's kind of like the, the the guys like yourself who shoot uh, uh, in. Uh, the recurve bows and stuff yeah you, you, you know you put yourself at a technological dis disadvantage but i don't yeah. see you you screaming that i shouldn't have a compound you know no and no. uh you don't see me screaming that somebody shouldn't have a, a crossbow because i don't really care right. i don't care about me and what i shoot yeah yeah um yeah michigan great outdoors he's like he, he's making the um the argument which is a good one about you know public land only ban isn't fair at all like it's like he's kind of right like that you can use it on private all you want and then you know it arguably it's easier on private anyway you know it's like right. uh, uh i mean if it's getting to the point where they think they have too many of them out there all over the place how about you license them and you uh you have to give gps numbers where you have it i mean like yeah. they do bear hunting. not that i think that that they should do that Right. But I have to do that for bear hunting in uh, in Minnesota. Yeah, yeah. There definitely would be ways you could. I mean, going all the way to the just banning them thing is kind of. Yeah, uh, it's a bunch of people who don't know what they do or whatever, or don't know what cameras right. are capable of. That just don't like the idea of other people having cameras. Yeah, it's, yeah. Pub it's public land. If it's legal and private, it should be legal and public. Yeah, we own the public. Right. Right. But. Then again, I believe in a democracy, and uh, literally, if they made a, if they did a vote, like it sounds like they did, yeah, and nobody showed up to vote for the cameras, well, they voted themselves right out of them. Yeah. But then okay, yeah. I mean, if the majority doesn't want them, okay. Yeah. I and mean, if the majority of people in Wisconsin didn't want one, I'd be okay with them banning it. Right. I no, have to wonder true. if it's really the majority, or if the majority just didn't show up to vote. That's what it seemed like. It seemed like very, it was um, a very uneducated group of eight people that voted on it. I mean, it was like a panel of people, you know. Um, and then 
you know, I, I don't know if they're deer hunters or, or what, you know, some, I mean, not to be a, not to have a stereotype, but some of them didn't look like deer hunters, you know, <laughs> especially public land deer hunters. They didn't look like it was a bunch of old, old white guys, you know. <laughs> well, that's the problem I got in Wisconsin is we got that, you, you know, we got uh, a few people elite in the DNR making decisions for us when it's supposed to be in this state yeah. of democracy where the people decide. And I really, you know, I didn't have a vote when they sold my hunting pub, my public land down the street here that I own. Right. I didn't right. have no vote. I didn't have no vote when they came out here and uh, put uh, bulldozed all the trees out of a certain area and put giant ponds in for ducks um, that yeah. nobody can hunt on. Or and I think there's a huge lake there for the ducks, a whole marsh. You know, I didn't have no vote on that when they decided they weren't going to have food plots no more, and they just turned that into. Uh, prairie grass and they're going to bulldoze uh um real good deer habitat to make pheasant habitat to sell tags so that they make money i didn't get a vote on that and i'm supposed to so yeah. those people that uh, get a vote and don't go vote on it they're yeah. fools you should take advantage yeah. of that because you should have that option yeah i don't i don't think they actually had a i don't think they they were the ones voting it just that so only they probably two. had a board right and that's kind of what yeah. we got here is they got yeah. behind closed doors or doing it when they're not supposed to yeah yep and this hearing it just was two people just two hunters showed up to in favor of or to, to speak to them about cell cam use um which obviously wasn't enough it did it almost sounded like in the way it was worded whenever they voted it was real real shady like they were like uh um, I, I, we really don't have an option other than to, uh, pass this law, uh, because we don't have time to talk about the amendments we want to do to it. So let's just pass it. And then, uh, we'll, we'll, uh, reevaluate, we'll, we'll put a amendment in to reevaluate it. And after deer season or something like that, Yeah, I was like, if the, you know, if the hunters really don't like it, what they should do is they should do a vote and vote on whether or not those people should have jobs. Yeah. Right. I mean, we right. owned it in our, I mean, they work for us, our yeah. money and our, our taxes and everything pay for that. I think a lot of people have forgotten how the United States works. And mm -hmm. uh, when you're talking government land and government employees, they work for us and they're yeah. treating us like, like we work for them and we answer to them. We don't. Right. Right. Gary's saying that, uh, um, in Wisconsin, you guys can vote online now. So he said, hopefully everybody knows that for the spring's meetings. That may be something you guys want to look into up there if, if you. Uh, yeah, we'll only put things on that voting thing that they want us to vote on. They don't put everything on there. Oh, really? You know, yeah. And, you know, like they're not going to put on there to vote whether or not they're going to, you know, mow down my woods and um, make pheasant habitat. Oh, uh, you know, yeah, you know, true. You're Deer hunters uh, way outnumber these pheasant hunters, and they're yeah. more passionate. I can guarantee you, if there's a vote, deer hunters would come in and they'd put more of a vote in, and they would eliminate all the stupid prairie grass and stuff that they're making when it's not even natural. You let the land go, and it goes to trees and brush. You know, I'm not saying they shouldn't log and stuff. They should do things that are helpful, but I mean, we don't need to make every single forest out here, you know, prairie grass. I mean, they they took one of the very best hunting properties out here in my area that all the locals go to they shoot huge bucks there all the time because it's surrounded by managed land mm -hmm. and they took that property and they decided to make it into a dog training park where you can walk your dogs and it's all marsh i mean who walks your dog through water there's one hill there and uh they never asked anybody you just go there one day and there's a dog park 
It's it's crazy the stuff they're doing. Yeah. And nobody since they made it a dog park, I have never seen one person there in the five years it's been a dog park ever walking or training a dog. Yeah, ever. Jesus. Well, that's a that's another thing they could do if they're if they're real worried about bird hunting. They ought to make it to where farmers get paid to put put stuff in set aside and all that kind of stuff anymore. I mean, from what I've heard that it's not even worth farmers to do that anymore because the government quit paying them for it. Right. Um, and then I heard over the weekend, there was a guy from Indiana at the seminar. I don't know if it's this, this happened around you, but um, around here, farmers are just tearing down woods left and right. I mean, there's a bulldozer in every woods right now in the bottoms and yeah. farmers are pushing them in to make more fields. And the guy from Indiana told me, I don't know if it's true or not, I didn't look it up, but he told me that they changed the law, the tax law, to where that uh, if, if, it, if there's not crops on that land and there's like a, a patchwood or something, that's getting taxed as uh, a residential property now or something like that to where their their taxes went way up on that land that's not being farmed. So they just push it in and farm it. Yeah. It's like, gosh, man, what, you know, that's around, what helped. Around here they try to get every six inches. So they take yeah. down every tree along a ditch line, every tree along the land borders and stuff. So there's no shade on the corn. And yeah, I mean, you think about it when they, the work they go through to take out a row of trees, that's one row of trees just, to, just to make it so that they can get like uh one more bushel of corn. How much money are they getting for a bushel of corn? You know, it'd be, yeah. in, in my opinion, it would be nice to see farms be required to have 10% be wooded or left uh, set aside. You know, yeah. Maybe you don't tax them for that ten percent or whatever, but right or give them an incentive. That's what gives know. us the land. I mean, animals need space. I mean, yeah. you can't just have solid cornfields for twenty miles. You can't have animals living in that. Yeah, right. Um, Doug asked us. This is changed. We've talked about talked about this for twenty minutes now. So I was going to change the subject for a minute on on all this stuff, but uh, it's kind of in the same realm, Doug. Asked, uh, how do you feel about the new craze of using thermal drones for tracking deer? There's a there was a bunch of those people at the um, yeah at the show. If they're tracking dead deer, I don't care. Yeah, I mean, anything that helps a guy find his deer, I don't care. It gets a little weird when they're, they're tracking live ones, you know. Yeah, I agree. I, mean, I, I do. Um, that is one thing I question a lot. Um, now here I am saying something I'm not real educated in. So maybe somebody could educate me a little if I'm wrong. But if you can, from what I've seen with those drones, you can see down pretty well. And if, if you got thermal imaging, or even if you can just see real well, like when there's snow or whatever, um, a lot of the areas by me are vast cattails. And I know where the buck bedding is out in those cattails. If you just flew a drone over, you'd be able to see exactly where that buck's laying. From above, you'd be able to see it in, the, in the, um, beds, you know. So yeah. it would be, it would get a little unsporting. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I think you still have a hell of a time killing it though. You'd have a hell of a time going out to where it's laying and killing it. But I can tell you one thing: like with guns, when drives, if I knew exactly where one was laying, I could do a pretty detailed circling around it and going in at it. You know what I mean? Right. Instead of just having a general area, he, he's going to be out there somewhere in one of these bedding areas. Yeah. I think for those things to work, people are going to be have to be awfully disciplined with them. You know, they're just like, don't use them for anything that's going to make people mad, you know, because that, that's something that could get, um, that could get banned real quick if people start to uh, abuse them. 
Um, yeah. Anyway, something else. Uh, I'm going to change my mic. Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Now's the time to save 30% on wedding jewelry. Only on BlueNile.com. Make sure your wedding ring is the one with your pick of diamond and lab-grown diamond bands. All hand-finished and graded for excellence. Or surprise her with something blue she'll love for life, like a stunning pair of sapphire earrings. Blue Nile's jewelry experts are available 24-7 to help, from fit questions to style advice. Right now, get up to 30% off at BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Everybody's my mic's uh, wrong here. Is that better, everybody? Let me know if that's better. Uh, I, I my, other, my other equipment's all packed away, so I'm using something different today. Anyway. All right, something else we got to talk about is uh, sounds like there's some mice going to be running around with antlers right now. I'm all for that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I got this. I got this article sent to me a couple times. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, everybody says I sound way better. Yeah, freaking I had my – I unplugged something earlier and plugged it back in and forget to change my settings. But sorry about that, everybody. So, so the gist of it is that they believe that if, by growing antlers on mice, yeah. that they can figure out how these genetics work, where they can take the genes um, out of the mice and use them to maybe someday grow back uh, arms or fingers or amputated pieces and uh, regenerate them on humans. And uh, I just think it's weird to see a guy walking down the street with a velvet arm, but like like a five five point side on one yeah, arm. Yeah. <laughs> Fingers are growing an inch a day. I mean, if you can see enough minerals, right? And then when it gets crystallized and turns hard into bone, I mean, I mean, hooks them. Yeah. Face, you know, but but really, I mean, that's cool. They they were able to take the genes out of a deer and put them in a mouse and grow antlers on a mouse. That's insane, isn't it? Uh, if they Philip, can get or, uh, that breed like that, I want that mixed with the wild herd. Uh, Austin uh, Phillips says, I've got three years of sheds off Stuart Little. <laughs> <laughs> you, you think about all the rats that rats uh, slayed. I mean, he got oh, a lot of Some of those yeah. could have been Boone and Crockett's. Yeah, right. They could get pretty ugly if, if we could figure out how to get to antlers on mice and you'd be like i don't don't kill that one that one needs to get another year on him here have mice I got an antler bear upstairs oh yeah yeah i shot a bear that was like mediocre mm-hmm. and the same year i shot a buck that was mediocre you know like probably about a hundred inch eight pointer and yeah. probably about uh 
120 pound bear and yep. i was like what the hell a beer so i put the rack on the bear <laughs> put it on it. that's uh, funny put that upstairs. so if we got antlered bears if they could do that do that would thing. make things wicked think oh, about man. a bear attacking somebody with antlers you know antlers and teeth and yeah yep. put them on lions <laughs> Everything would be better if it had antlers. Right. Like white tail. Rhinoceros or a hippopotamus. Antler yeah. giraffes. There you go. Right. Right. You where does Especially, it stop? Once they got the technology, it's not gonna stop. Hell, I want my, my black lab to have antlers. <laughs> right. <laughs> yep. Especially if they're white tail antlers. I don't I don't know if you've noticed this, Dan, but like there's nothing in the on the planet like a whitetail. Like, right. like to me, and this is just a whitetail guy, so take this for what it's worth. But like most big mule deer look the same. Like they all have the split the split G twos. They all look freaking about the same, you know. Yeah. Now there's there's anomalies, obviously, but like same with the elk. They all look like a big six by six looks like a big six by six. But like every whitetail is like so different, especially, especially when, when you're mature. mature. Yeah, which is so cool. So yeah, I think I think it would be cool to like, uh, you know, tattoos are getting kind of boring. I mean, just grow antlers. You know? Yeah, I I try that... to get the genetics off of uh, like one of these game farms. Get like a six hundred inch rack on me. Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> to widen your front door and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Drive with your window down with your rack hanging out the the window. And again, if you grow antlers on your head, you might want to stop deer hunting. Yeah, true. That could get uh, pretty risky out there. Oh, that's funny. All right. So everybody be watching for those mice running around your house with antlers on their heads. Um, some, some will escape. You know that. Oh, I hope so. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they couldn't. They couldn't keep uh, uh, COVID nineteen in in that lab. There's no way the mice are going to stay in there. Yeah, the um, the, the rumor in Wisconsin, um, and actually, there's some facts to this. There was a college that was doing some uh, studies on CWD deer, and they had CWD mule deer in captivity, and mm -hmm. one escaped and was never caught. And right after that, we had that CWD outbreak. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Hmm. I read a bunch of papers on that when I was studying up on CWD. Yeah. That'd so that might, might, like... might escape. Right. Get it mixed in with the herd. herd. Yeah. I hope so. All right. Um, so I didn't see this article. You you were telling me about it. Some so there was a a guy or, or I'm not sure the the moose antler thing. Dan, can you t can mm -hmm. you talk talk about that? Well, the thing that really caught my eye. I mean, it's it's just bizarre. But the thing that really caught my eye, it was in Grand Marais, which is right where I bear hunt, which is a pretty what, small area. That's what you uh, said. In yeah. northern Minnesota, and. Uh, uh, it's right where I do all those bear hunts that you watch me on uh, YouTube. And uh, the, this guy, uh, his kid was molested by some dude. And apparently, mm -hmm. um, the he got a really short court case or something. And this guy went and confronted him. And uh, they ended up getting in a fight. And the father of the daughter that got molested beat the, beat the pedophile to death with a moose antler. That's it's a very Nebraska or uh, yeah, Minnesota that's a thing, Minnesota, Minnesota thing to do. Yeah, I mean, again, you were talking about how unique 
white tail antlers and they would work better. I mean, more, more like spears instead of a right. claw. Right. I, mean, I think it's so deaf to be beat with a shed antler. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. Yeah. Ah, good for that guy. Yeah. I mean, I, uh, I, I, I saw a lot of people who were like, they, he hasn't been charged. He's been charged, but he hasn't been uh, sentenced yet. And uh, I think a lot of people are on his side. Yeah. It's like the, the justice system failed him. Hmm. I mean, I mean, really, yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm sure. I, I know some um, people that were pedophiles, and it seems to me that those type of people never change. That's in their genetics. Mm -hmm. It's who they are. And uh, I think they just get smarter after they go through the court system about yep. how to get away with it. And I think uh, as, as harsh as it sounds, I think you just kill those people and let God sort them out. I know. I don't think, it, I don't think they need to be punished like some people think. You, you know, like they need to be whipped or killed slow or something like that. I think they got some mental problem and you just put them to death and let God handle them. That's how I, you uh, I know a guy, I won't say his name, but uh, he was at a restaurant with a, with some friends and he saw some girls they went to with, uh, to college with and said hi to him. And uh, like 15 minutes later, uh, one of the girls came around to his table and were like, where's, I'll, I'll say her name's Ashley. I have no idea what her name was, but she's like, where do you, have you seen Ashley? And he's like, no, uh, he's like, I can't, she's like, I can't find her. She went to the bathroom and, um, we can't find her now. Well, my, uh, this guy ended up running in, uh, around, went outside and went out back and there was a guy, you know, raping her essentially back there. And, um, he beat the guy to death. I mean, he, the guy was in intensive care for like two months. Um, but that guy, that was his fourth offense of sexual like charges, whether it be rape or um, whatever. And dragged right out of the bar, somebody he doesn't even know. Yep. Yep. Yeah. And just to your point, like it just it does seem like some of them things just are repeat offenders. Um, yep. And then they put you know they put guys you know like that guy that did that that uh, beat him up. It's like, and that's a you put those then you put the community out and in that kind of uh environment where people have to do something like that you know it's like it's not right you know i knew i knew a guy um who uh his niece was a um expensive call girl mm -hmm. and uh no you could say that's a bad life to choose obviously mm -hmm. um but she was and she went on a call and never came back and uh the other girls knew where she was and they went looking for her, found her car parked outside the apartment of this guy. They called the police. The police came there and they found her cut up in little tiny pieces in garbage bags in the dumpster and found mm -hmm. evidence in the house that this guy did it, like blood in a uh, shower and stuff. Yeah, and right. the guy that uh, called for her. And uh, they ended up, uh, the guy went to prison, well, went to court. He pleaded guilty as a, uh, um, being mentally insane and uh, mm -hmm. uh, not mentally competent. I forget what you call that. But uh, they found him um, innocent by reason of insanity. So they put him in a mental institute. And in five years, um, the doctors said he was um, fixed now and he could go back into society and he wouldn't have any charges because he was... Uh, he wasn't in his right mind when he did this stuff. And uh, 
the family fought it and got him to, they got him to keep him for a little while longer. And I don't know if it was, I think it was like two years or five years or something more. They had to go back and refight this, hire lawyers to keep him in there again. And I think after uh, 10 years, um, they just said that enough was enough and they let him go. So he's mm. back on the street, just as if he never did anything because he wasn't mentally in his mind. And my point is, someone like that, I mean, okay, maybe he was mentally insane. You send him mm -hmm. to God, let him sort it out. It isn't, it isn't for people to decide. I mean, you think about nature. We're the only things that, you you know, humans are the only animals, if you want to call us animals, or, or the only beings that um, the stupid breed <laughs> and the, you know, the stupidest of us and the, the less fit are the breeders. And, uh, you, you know, we don't have, you know, like social justice. I mean, animals, I mean, you do something wrong, you got to face the other animals, you know. It's mm -hmm. just... Uh, not that I say we we should turn back to being animals, but I think that uh, I, I think a lot yeah. of things are just not solvable through courts. Right, right. Well, that's that was my point. Is that you, you do that, and then all, then you put someone in society out in a bad spot because you walk behind a restaurant and someone's being raped. It's like now you got to do something about it, you know. And it's just like you know that's scarring to everybody involved. Right, um, right. absolutely. But anyway. Um, we should probably talk about hunting at some point. Let's uh, change the subject again, so we're not. I don't know what the. Uh, yeah, if Zeke's watching, sorry, buddy. We talked about some adult stuff there. Um, uh, oh, something else I saw on YouTube that was pretty cool. It has like thirty million views. Is that those hunters saving that elk? You saw that, didn't you, Dan? Yes. Yeah, that was that pretty was, cool. Yeah, you, you you posted it. Yeah. Um, so. Yeah, the best part of that whole thing, not that saving that elk wasn't cool, but yeah. when they got to a point of desperation and they, and the one guy said, I don't think we're going to be able to get this out. What should we do? And he said, well, maybe we should call 911. And the other guy said, what's the number for 911? I, I heard that. <laughs> Serious. <laughs> the other guy goes, it's 911. <laughs> But uh, they did end up getting it out. Uh, Were you going to play it? Yeah. Or All right. It's like three, three or four minutes long. Um, but yeah, it, it was pretty cool. I'll uh, I'll put it in the description below if you want to check it out. It's like a it's like a yeah. like a young young bull. Uh, it was stuck pretty good too. It was about whatever chest deep and yeah, it took some risks. I mean, the, the, that thing was going after him with its antlers and stuff. And yep, yep, yeah. Um, it was surprising how far around it could reach. It could get its antlers all the way around to its butt. Yeah. They were trying to lift up the butt and they're almost getting antlered. Right. Right. I, uh, have you ever came across something like that, Dan? Where an animal was in a pretty bad spot like that? Outside uh, of not coons. A not, not, a, not a deer or anything. Just, yeah. Hey, just small coon, animals. As yeah. a coons, you see all the time or not all the time, but frequently. Um, I haven't either. I've, I've had, you know, we've had people in the area walk up on like bucks lock together and things like that, but no, I've never came across one stuck in a fence or anything. There was a, uh, I went scouting for just a little bit today. Uh, and I parked in this parking spot that's on private. I have, I can park on the farmer's field and walk into the public and uh, it's on like an old county road and there was a dead buck laying 
right inside the the wood line. Looked like he maybe got poached, and the antlers were cut off its head, which was a pretty big bummer. Mm. Um, pretty good bases too. I mean, they were like this big around. It was like hundred yards off the road, just laying right inside the woods. Oh. You never know. It could have been a car killer or something too. Yeah, it could have been. It just was pretty peculiar the way the antlers were cut off. And well, I remember, uh, I remember uh, once when I was down in Iowa, I was driving around and uh, there there was a car that hit a deer, and it ran off into the field and died. Yeah. And uh, we stopped, went over, looked at it. It was a pretty good sized buck, but we didn't want to take it or anything. Um, yeah. Not to mention all the laws and stuff, you got to call wardens down there and all right. that kind of stuff. Right. So we just left it and we drove on. And the next day when we came by, somebody had gone in there and cut cut its head off. Mm-hmm. And uh, we were talking to one of the locals at one of the properties near there. And he was like, do you see that post deer? That's all these guys that shine down here. They shoot all these deer and then they just go cut the antlers, the heads off. And they run out of the fields and those yeah. things. I really doubt somebody's driving around these farms shooting rifles all, you know, right. uh, windows. I'm sure it happens, but a lot less yeah. than people think because the guy would get busted doing that. But again, yeah. now, nowadays you can get silencers and stuff, can't you? Right. Yeah. But, there was people that got uh, not arrested or whatever. They got they got caught doing it in that field uh, about three or four years ago. Mm. Um, yeah, and this one just was uh, just where it was laying and stuff. You wouldn't be able to see it through the, from the road uh, unless you walked up on it, you know, or, or you shot it from right there, you know. I think there's more poaching that goes on like during those doe seasons. It's so easy yeah. for a guy when he's got a gun and he's in the woods. Yep. Yeah, that's definitely a temptation for people. No question. Um, fortunately, Indiana doesn't have those anymore. So, um, you guys want you want to start answering some questions, Dan? There's sure. There's a quite a few on here everybody if you uh have questions make sure you leave them in the comments we'll get to them tonight we got quite a bit of time to answer questions tonight also make sure you hit that like button that'd be awesome and subscribe if you if you have any if you like what um we're doing you guys got any bucks still holding over there people are asking that dan up in wisconsin Mm, i haven't seen one but i've heard of i heard of people seeing them as recent as three weeks ago yeah there's still uh there's still some holding here. I mean it's getting the pretty pretty few and far between now, but there's still some holding. Um MR James keeps up with his deer herd on his his land. He can see him real well. If you guys ever go follow him in Indiana, he's a real good resource to know like what the deer are doing around here, like when they're dropping antlers and stuff. Um but it's not uncommon for deer to have antlers right now in indiana let's see here gary said to ask dan about the curb jumping on the way to ohio yeah don't let eric drive <laughs> <laughs> let him drive once and then somebody was uh or, or the the uh the uh gps thing on the phone said to go left and then it goes nope go right and he went through three lanes and through a curve up a ditch and up into the air and onto the next road. And he said he was 83% sure nobody was in that lane. <laughs> <laughs> Ain't that right, Eric? I saw him on here earlier. 
It went something like that. Maybe, maybe you got your names mixed up, but I know that spot on the highway. Ricky. I know I know that spot on the highway you're talking about. It was it's freaking confusing. So I wasn't around, the only one hitting that. Yeah, I, knew, I the only one hitting that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, Dana Michigan Great Outdoors was asking about gum leaf boots and if uh, like about their if they have any in stock right now. Here in they the States. I, I know that's been a struggle. He told me that uh, now he's a real stickler on quality. And mm-hmm. he told me that uh, he got a bunch in for the show when we went to uh, Ohio and that he sent them all back because of some uh, uh, some minor flaw or something that he didn't he wasn't acceptable uh, of. And uh, he said he's waiting for a new shipment. Um, he goes through them really close and makes sure everything he has has perfection. Um, but you can pre-buy them. I think, I think he takes, uh, pre-purchases and then he'll ship them as soon as he has them. Um, and it's a long way to hunting season. Yeah. Maybe a good idea to get your name in there. Talk to him about, uh, getting them. I, I think the best thing you could do is call him, find out when he's got them. If you don't want to do the pre-buy thing, you could probably get on a list where he contacts you when he has them in stock. But I do know sometimes, um, uh, he'll get them in and he'll, uh, have them all accounted for. Um, except for a few, uh, I think he does have some in stock, but I think it's not men's sizes. I think it's women's and it's just a few, um, he sells them pretty fast when he gets them because, uh, they are really high quality and they're pretty sought after. Yeah. Now, um, you're using gum leaf, right? Yep. And when did you start using them? I bought them like the year before you started using them. So it would have been 20 21 i think and then are do you um which brand do you have which uh, model i think it's called the viking i don't think they actually have that one anymore but it's that green i think it's like the, the green one the one without the zipper okay um and it's uh, they, it's they still have a green one without the zipper but it's not called the viking they have a different yeah one. yep um, and i it's, got it on, uh, my, on the porsche that's the one i mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. um a lot of guys write like the royal zip one because it tightens around your uh, calf as you mm-hmm. zip um, and it's still still sealed. But I just like the solid design of one-piece design. I've got them both, actually. But I like that, that dark green solid one. And uh, the reason I asked you is I want to know how, how yours lasted. Now, you've had it, uh, what did you say, two seasons or three? Yeah, I've been my second season with them. Um, I mean, mine, I, they've lasted four times longer than any other boot I've ever had. <laughs> And they're Usually. still good, no holes yeah. or nothing? Oh, yeah. No no holes or anything. So mine, too. Um, um, I've had them for one full season now, and I've beat the hell out of them. And uh, I've never had a pair of boots last me a season ever since the very old, old days of lacrosse, when lacrosse used to make a good boot in the U.S. out of solid rubber. Mm-hmm. So these have lasted me a whole season. And other than a couple of scuffs on them, they look like they did when I bought them. I mean, they're in really good shape. So I'm really happy with them and they're, they're lasting. So, um, the price is high, but it seems like it's worth, um, the price because of the, the longevity. Yeah. Right. So if you buy a cheaper model, I was going through two to three pairs of tied wees in a, in a season, but now I'm harder than another guy. I mean, somebody else might, a, a set might last them the whole season, mm-hmm. but they weren't lasting me that long mucks yeah. either we were ripping in the uh, cloth on the sides and stuff and then the boots would crack the difference is, is that um the the 
Chinese boots, which is 99% of the boots out there, mm -hmm. they make them out of half plastic, half rubber. They're not made out of rubber anymore. That's what happened with lacrosse. When they went to China, they started using, they started mixing plastic in there, makes them brittle. Yeah. Um, so the, uh, the ones made in Europe are still made out of solid rubber and, uh, yep. they're just a better boot. Um, anybody that wants them, we do have a code for them. Uh, use code beast and, and you get 10% off. Yeah. Yeah. Make sure you use but that. You got to have them in stock in order to use it. So, right. It is pretty cool. Like when you grab a hold of them, they are, you can tell they're real rubber. Like they, they're almost like a rubber band. Not not that extreme, but you can like stretch them a little bit, which yeah, is probably they, why they're durable. He, he really you know? custom fit them to me too. Um, I don't know if he did that for you, but uh, he wanted to make sure I had the right fit for him. So he was like getting it to exact T. Not that he custom fit them, but he made sure I had the exact fit I needed. The right size so, and everything. Yeah, he made me measure my feet and stuff. Mm -hmm. But um, if, you, if you go to the Wisconsin show, check them out. Yeah, he'll be right next to us. Yeah, you don't even have to worry about the sales pitch because he doesn't have any to sell you right now. <laughs> but you'll have the food to look at. Yeah. Dylan says he's from New Hampshire, where track um, where tracking is how we hunt. Have you had success tracking in the snow, Dan? Because I haven't. <laughs> I have. Um, it's been limited. Um, but I uh, I shot one nice buck tracking the snow when I was younger. Um but uh, I've tracked quite a few down that I haven't shot. But uh, it's not a method I use all the time, but uh, I use it occasionally when we have the right conditions. We don't ever have enough snow to mess with uh, tracking. Um, let's see here. It snowed, it snowed our uh, opening day gun season here, but I was in Ohio when that happened. Dylan asked, do you guys have any big buck stories from when you were still in high school? Still in high school. Yeah, a long time ago. In high school. How about you? Um, yeah, I I killed, I guess I killed four pretty nice bucks in high school, throughout high school. Uh, I'm trying to think if there was like a good good story. I had a, a year in high school that was horrible where I like wounded three deer. I remember that. That was a horrible experience. Um, that was my first like horrible season and just frustrating and all that and um yeah i killed the i killed one in high school uh in the middle of a rainstorm it's you can't see it it's back there but it's one of my biggest body deer ever and uh it was uh one evening after after school it was you know just downpouring and i remember kind of my dad or someone was like ah, it's 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 raining pretty hard you sure you want to go and i went out there and it's when i was using i was using one of those summit viper climbers and there's a little piece of uh public that way back in the um uh, down this long lane to get you had to go down this long lane to get to it and uh it, we i had some access through private and uh yeah i just it was pouring down rain and it like stopped just like to drizzle for a second and i heard something and i i could see a big like a big body coming through the the woods and then i could see the rack and I snort wheezed at the the buck who was walking the other way, and that thing turned around and it had like it had like snot coming out of its nose, and it was like like hitting trees with its racks as it was coming in and, and making scrapes, and it walked right into like ten yards, and I I smoked him and he ran up probably whatever fifty yards and died. So that was like my most memorable probably 
big buck in high school. I think it filled dressed uh, 226. What about you, I'm gonna, Dan? I'm going to send you a picture of one. I'm trying to get to it. Oh, yeah. Um, I could probably find a picture of that deer. Give me one second. A really big buck in high school with my muzzleloader didn't find it. It was pretty, I was pretty gut shot when I did that. The reason but, I said this one is not only is it from high school, it's also, uh, I sent it to you if you can find it. It's not only from yeah. high school, it's uh, also uh, the one that I shot tracking. <laughs> so, oh, really? Yeah. It just says air. Oh, great. Nice. You sent it through Facebook, right? I sent it through AOL. Oh, well, give me a second. Email. Then. Check your email. Go oh, through. yeah, I got it. I look like a, a hippie. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. <laughs> yeah, you could... Uh... This was you in high school? Yeah, 1980s. Let me uh let me get it up here on my screen everybody. There you are. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. What's the story behind that one? Uh, that one, uh, I was uh, walking around, uh, found some tracks, going into a woodlot. We started walking in there, saw the buck, shot him in the leg, and uh, then tracked him for another, uh, like, a uh, few miles. And uh, he went into a river, and I couldn't find where he came out. And uh, there was sparse blood at that point when he got that far. Yeah. It got dark, so I came back the next day. Went in there and I was going to try and get across this river. 
Um, and uh, I knew there was an island downstream that had kind of some logs across it. So I went down to that island, and that island was probably a quarter mile downstream. And the river wasn't that big. It was probably like uh, 50 foot across. And uh, we got down to that island, and I crossed the log onto that island and found the blood trail coming up out of the river onto the island. So it walked straight down the river, uh, bedded on that island, and you could see that the blood was fresh again. So I kicked it off of that island, coming up against it. So I followed it um, through the other side of the river where it was shallower and I could walk through. And then I uh, got up into a, through some hardwoods and into a clear cut. It was like a few years old. And I heard something and it was, I turned and it was running right at me. And I uh, shot it in the throat patch as it was coming at me and it dropped uh, right at my feet. And uh, when we skinned that buck out, um the bullet that i shot it with in the neck here yeah was in its spine lodged inside of a bodkin broadhead really grown into the bone of the spine of the neck and the bodkin broadhead it squared it perfectly and it was bent with the bullet in the middle of it i made a necklace out of it i don't know whatever happened to it though but um i don't even think i have that rack anymore i think my dad gave it away on me oh really mm-hmm What's a, what's a, I don't even know what a Botkins broadhead is, to be honest with you. Those are the original, like, uh, all metal broadheads they put on wooden arrows that were they um, had three yeah. all kind of brazed together in the middle. Yep. Like a glue on. Yeah. They were really, um, really, uh, common back in those days because so many people, um, shot recurve. Yeah. There's my, that one I killed in high school. Oh, that was real young in that. I was. I was probably sixteen or seventeen. Wow. But yeah, it was a it was an old big giant deer. I mean, it didn't score much at all. But like I said, he looks was, cool, uh, looks gnarly. Oh yeah, he had like his his this whole yeah this this whole uh, antler was all twisted, like it like twisted around. You can see at the end it twists off right there too. It had mm-hmm. really good rod tines, but the all of the other tines were real short. Does it have some uh, sort of white mark on its nose? Yeah. Yeah, a big white mark on his nose. Um, That's usually a sign of retardation. That's why you got that. (laughs) (laughs) I knew that was coming. Uh, Anyway, sorry. Yeah, no, you're you're good. Um, Let's see here. I'll stop sharing. Something else we want. I want to do some time with you is get get your uh, get on here one day and just put your wall picture of all your bucks up and have you start telling stories about them. I think that'd be a fun show for everybody. Um, All right. Let's see here. I got to get caught up on, on uh, questions now that I've, I was searching around the computer for pictures for everybody. Um, Let's see here. What do you think is the best way to do a two-man drive? With two people. <laughs> no. uh, the smaller pieces, the smaller stuff, um, bigger stuff, they'll always get around you. Um, there's a lot of little small pieces you can do with two people. Another thing you can do with two people is not really a drive, but you just filter through bedding areas and thick stuff you know, um, off to the side of each other. A lot of times bucks will hook back, um, especially if you go slow 
have one guy go forward and the other guy goes forward. The hardest part is keeping track of each other. Um, there are yeah. some apps where you can uh, see exactly where the other person is on your phone. Um, uh, Hunt Stand is one of them. You can actually see exactly where your partner is. That's a good app for doing that because um, then you know exactly how to move forward, you know, and, and when to and stuff. Right. Um, you don't get lost on each other. Um, but I think uh, instead of doing drives, I think actually still hunting through something with two people with a, with destinations. I even think that some of the stuff I do in the cattails is kind of funnel-like. And if one guy came from one direction, like he went into one parking lot and I went in from the other, and you got like a mile stretch of that stuff and you kind of make your way to each other, if you bump something, there's a good chance it makes it over to the other person, especially if you're quiet and you go slow, you know. Just getting them up and moving, they're not going to move where you're at, but they might move out further. And um, There's a lot of ways to do it. Yep. Me and Dave um, used to do uh, two-man drives all the time. And used to kill a lot of deer doing that. Yeah. Be a lot less hectic, I imagine, you know. Um, when you guys do deer drives, do you guys hoop and holler like your, no. your, your drivers? If you warn a deer that you're coming, uh, they will hunker up, they'll hole up, they'll sneak, they will uh, plan an escape. Um, they're ready for you. The hmm. so, Last thing you want them to know is you're coming until it's the last minute. You want them to know you're there when you're right next to them and they have no choice but to jump up and run from you. There's more of a science to deer, deer driving than people think. You know, a lot of people will uh, uh, criticize me on my drive videos and say that real men don't deer hunt. But again, it's kind of like real men don't use trail cameras. If you never used one, you don't know right. what it tells, you know. If you've never been on a deer drive, you don't know how that works. You can kind of drive small deer and little deer pretty easily, but to kill a mature buck is not easy, even with a drive. I mean, they, they have a plan of escape and stuff. And if you hoot and holler and you let them know you're coming, it won't work. I mean, you'll see the, there, there'll be some bucks that when you get out of the car and you slam the door, they'll get up and start running from 400 yards away. And there'll be other deer that you can say anything, do anything you want, and until you step on them, they won't move. Hmm. But the trick is, if they know you're coming, then they, they have an escape planned. Yeah. We always uh, would uh, whoop whenever we'd go through there. And I and we, we it's what we did since I was a little kid. Um, and I always wondered, I always heard other people that do it quietly. And I always wondered if we would be better off being quiet or... I don't know. I've been with people that uh, hoop and holler, and I've never seen it work very well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we always kill deer, but uh, we we killed a few big bucks. Not not like we didn't kill a big buck every year by any means, but I've noticed uh, that when it's when it's like um, quiet out, it's really hard to kill the deer on drives. But mm -hmm. if it's like windy out and noisy, and they can't hear you coming, we do much better. Um, because I think we get closer to them before they, they jump up, but yeah. most often they run right through the drivers or they circle through them. I mean, I can think of, uh, you know, that drive that, uh, that every year we, we have a lot of action on and we often kill bucks on Yeah, buck. that particular drive quite often. We'll put a big buck up on that drive and it's only I want to say five acres of cattails. It's kind of surrounded by water and, and dry land. 
yeah. we can kick the deer out of it. It'll run circles around these guys. Hmm. You, you know, and, and the cattails are high enough you can't see them. But they'll just stay in there and not come out. Right. And that happens quite a bit. All right. Dylan asks, where do you think the best spot to get summer trail cam pictures for inventory is? Um, food sources. Yep. Bean fields or um isolated water or mm-hmm. food. Yep. Scrapes, some kind of if you can get find a community scrape, they'll still be hitting those or checking them, you know. Um I mean, for the most part, that's what I think Dan and, and myself use trail cameras for, just inventories. Right. Um, All I want to know is that deer exists. I'll mm-hmm. kill him. Him. Did you get any, uh, you didn't get any scouting done this week while you didn't have a truck, did you? But you were yeah, off work? I just did hitchhiking down the highway. I couldn't sit still. <laughs> I went and, uh, I went and scouted that spot where, um, I don't know if you remember in the drive videos last year where Eric shot that little um, four or six pointer or whatever it was. Um, it was he was about to run him over and he just <laughs> decided he was going to take some yeah. time. And uh, I went there and uh, his um, ball sack is still hanging in the tree there, dried up. Now it's like jerky. Um, it don't taste as good as jerky though. But uh, I went back to that spot, and the reason is um, I always like to go back and look at how a deer came out of those spots and stuff. And that particular spot, um, we've been driving for a few years, and we we haven't been putting big bucks out of it, but we've been putting a lot of does out of it and uh, occasionally a buck. Um, But going through there, I found last year, I found a, just before he shot that buck, a pretty nice 10 pointer skeleton dead in the bedding area. Mm. There's signs of big bucks in the bedding area. There's big rubs in her here and there. And you can see that there's big bucks in her living there. And I remember back when uh, uh, they did some CWD hunts and we got to hunt a little early, mm-hmm. like to October a little bit. Um, and uh, when we drove that, we put some really big bucks up. So I was thinking there's probably some big bucks in there earlier in the season. So I wanted to scout that a little better. And I went in there and I uh, I started where uh, Eric shot that buck because that was where the trail came out of there. And I didn't know the area really good because I've been in there and driven a couple times. But you're, we always kind of take the same spots we always take because that's how we uh, get to learn an area. You know how to go through it. And, right. and make sure you're the one that goes through it because you know how to cut the deer off so they don't go the wrong way or whatever. But anywho, um, so I didn't see everything back there. And I wanted to follow these trails back that had some really good sign on them. And when I got to where Eric shot that buck, the first thing I noticed it was one really huge rub, probably one of the biggest ones I've seen this year. Not necessarily diameter, but the rub itself was um, at, the, at my ribs, the center mm-hmm. of the uh, shiny mm-hmm. portion. And one thing I noticed is I didn't see tine marks up above it. And then I looked and there was like a lot of historical rubs on the same trail and some other big ones coming out of this, uh, um, these trees. And I saw another trail on where Eric's buck came out, the smaller buck that had smaller rubs on it. And I noticed on the, the bigger buck trail, there were several real big 
rubs and all of them didn't have tine marks up high. So I don't know if it has short tines or what, but it's obviously a mature buck, which is yeah. all really matters to me. So I went back to where he shot his buck and I walked that trail in and I found that it met the trail that had the big rubs on it. And another trail came into it with big rubs. Then it went over this little rise through some real thick stuff. It went to a little tiny opening and really thick cover that I would imagine not too many people get to just because of the hell getting into it. Right. When I got into that opening, there was a tree bigger around than me rubbed along the trail. That was a historical rub, but it had a couple tickles on it from uh, this last season. And when I turned around from there, there was one about as big around as my hips rubbed up high by my ribs again. And again, it didn't have the high marks. Like it's the same mm. buck. And uh, maybe it's how he tilts his head. I don't, I don't know. But yeah. uh, I followed the rubs in. Uh, the trails in found exactly where the beds were found the right tree um and set that up and there was some more stuff i wanted to set up but uh the fact that i had to hitchhike there and had to hitchhike back i had to make it back in time for supper, <laughs> so i didn't get everything done so i need to get back into that area yep yep i thought it was funny that you were uh you were gonna you're fixing to buy you a car just so you had one this weekend to yeah, I was. <laughs> get yeah, <I> was. <laughs> Uh, you did say you're you're thinking about breaking down and buying you a decent truck. Yeah, a decent Toyota or something. I can't, I can't buy a new one because I'm going to take it off the road immediately. Right, right. So I'd like to get a. Um, if anybody out there has like a like a newer Toyota that's a couple years old wants to sell it for about fifteen dollars, I'm in the market. <laughs> that's your price range. That's my price range. Uh, Here's a funny question and a good question. When you meet someone on public land and they ask, where are you hunting? What do you tell them? In the woods. <laughs> that is like, I usually say, you ain't right. Are you? Cause that's not a question you ask. It's not a, uh, most hunters won't ask a question like that. They're usually somebody that's naive that asks a question like that. Yeah. I would never ask somebody where they're hunting. I just yeah. don't, it's not, something i think i think that's bad etiquette but i do have people like well you know i don't want to run into you out there and i think that's a, right. I think that's a head game because they want to know where you're going yeah um, i don't really tell anybody anything i just say i'm going out there i, I don't know where i'm going yeah I'm that way and then they'll yeah. say well i just don't want to run into you well okay you know if you run into me yeah. fine i'll move you know yeah. don't worry yeah. about me. i ain't gonna get mad if you run into me good luck right that's probably your, your best bet. Um, Russell said, MR James is still alive. He actually is. And we had him on the show last summer. He's on this, this, yeah, this very, this very show. Um, so go back here and watch that. It's a pretty good one. Um, yeah, he's a good cat. Yeah. Yep. He's one of the good ones. One of the, uh, very few that's left, uh, left living. Um, we were trying to get uh, uh, Barry Winsel on too. Yeah, he's, the, he said he was interested in coming on, but he wasn't. Yeah, the last time we talked. Yeah, to him, so maybe I got to reach out to him again. Yep, I think that'd be a good one. Uh, a lot of times, like guys your age will bring his name up as like influences that they mm -hmm. had uh, back in the day. Trouble is, guys like uh, Mr. James and Barry Wenzel and stuff. A lot of the newer honors and stuff don't even know who we're talking about. Yeah. Yep. Great for us. I don't know. It's great for the show, but I like to have those guys on anyways. Barry Wenzel is just a very cool guy. I mean, he's uh, 
one of those guys who was uh, unoriginal, you know? Yeah. There's so many people out there copying everybody else. You know, everybody wants to be, um, you know, um, one of the, one of the pros and they, they idolize them and they act just like them and they put a show just like them. They do everything just like them, but it's the originals that really shine. They're the ones that, uh, you know, take off. If anybody wants to be in filming or something, you want to be original. And uh, Barry Wenzel was like one of the original guys filming hunts and stuff. And he was just uh, cool and always himself and just a funny dude. I mean, uh, he'd laugh at himself. He would show his mistakes and stuff. Yeah. And he was. He'd always have his hat on like this. Yeah. In all of his videos. I remember he, that. You know, guys like that were my influences. Barry Wenzel, yeah. was a guy who I looked up to, and and you know, you get a little from that guy, you get a little from Miles Keller and stuff, because those are the guys that I grew up with. So, um, you, you know, those are really cool guys. And uh, any chance I got, I would put them on here because, while they're still around because they're starting to get up there in age. All those guys. Oh yeah, hundred um, percent. Which someone asked me uh, on Facebook the other day if the to ask you if the bear bait buck if you ever like found out what happened to that thing yeah he sent me a bunch of messages too i think it was the same guy he commented on a whole bunch of the videos i answered him and then i said i got a message and i answered him oh. but i'll answer again um <laughs> for the fourth time so <laughs> um it might not have just been him it might have been a couple of people but uh right. the bear bait buck is obviously no longer around However, um, I do not know of anybody who shot it, and I think we would know if somebody did because I think it would have made, you know, made the rounds because it was that big. Um, there is a fella, though, that uh, I've been meaning to do something with. Either we get him on here or we uh, just film a clip with him or something that found both sheds. And he found one right where I was hunting for it. And one just up the street, and I know exactly where he found both of them. I had to talk with him about it. Hmm. And, uh, they were right there where he was living, and it, it was the the year that uh, that buck was coming into the bait. He found both sheds, and those are the sheds. So, I would like to have a discussion with him at some time. Maybe we have him on the show. Yeah, that'd be fun. I got, I got his information. Um, have him on the show, and uh, maybe show can those show sheds on the show, and. That'd be cool. We'd show pictures of the bear bait buck on the show. And, um, yeah, but no, I don't think anybody ever killed it. I think it, uh, maybe it got winged and died out there someplace. I don't think Hard anybody, it all. who knows, but you know what? Um, as weird as it sounds, a lot of the really, really big bucks I've been after in my life, even in very populated areas, never went on somebody's wall. Um, I can think of that giant non-typical that I watched for three years. The one that I got the, the all that great shining footage of. I know a guy who got the sheds off of that too. That buck, nobody ever killed it. I don't know where it went. Mm -hmm. That was a 200 and some inch animal. And right. then, uh, um, we had one down the street here that uh, had, had a 200 inch typical rack. I don't know of anybody that found a shed or that buck. Yeah. Whatever happened to it? You know? <laughs> It's if crazy. somebody found a shed off of that or that buck, you'd hear about it. Even right. if it a shed, they might keep it quiet for a couple of years because they don't want nobody to know. But it would have came around by now. Somebody's been right. saying this by now. You know, right. um, it's crazy. But uh, those deer, when they get to that age, they got places they just go and die or hide or 
maybe they die in winter when they're shed. That's probably when they're most vulnerable, you know, right. Or rack associated. Yep. That's probably what happens to a lot of them. Um, Robert asked us if we've ever considered an e-bike. I would, I would have do what? I would an F bike or a G bike. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I've, I'd like to have one. I just can't justify spending the $4,000 or whatever it is to get one, but they would be super useful. I've actually uh, had uh, several Chinese companies try to sponsor me with them. Yeah. I, just, I won't, I not do it, but, uh, I don't want one anyways, because I can't really use it here. You could probably use it. Oh yeah. I could be really useful for me. I can't, I can't hear everything is marked like, uh, no vehicles, and, and they mean any vehicle, pedal or, or, or motorized. Um, so I can't use it on uh, most of the public land. I think pretty much all the public land around here I can't use it on. Um, so I really got no use for it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I would just like to have it for um, some of my, my private, just uh, a lot of big open stuff that I could not waste so much time walking around on it would be nice to have but boy and you got I, that giant giant private farm that's got trails yeah it has just that uh yeah it's just a long long narrow piece yeah it's um, like like 800 miles long and has three trees yeah that one <laughs> i could bust them three trees real quick yeah. uh but like i said it's not worth to me it's not worth having uh that big of an investment into one but there's some some states that have uh, you can use e-bikes illinois is one of them on public land if i live in a state where you could use e-bikes on public land i think you would be at a pretty big disadvantage not having one getting places um yeah i look i looked a lot different in high school than i do now everybody i didn't have a beard i was in extremely good shape <laughs> everybody i'm getting to the portion where we were showing our deer on the on the pictures Mm. Um. Yeah. Let's see here. I was gonna. I heard a theory the other day that I was gonna share with you, Dan, that I thought was interesting. About uh, people were talking about uh, how everybody talks about like the. For me, you know, the '90s were the best, and uh, for you, you probably thought like the '70s were the best years of your life, or things should have been that way. The '80s, maybe. I don't know. I think I think nine, early nineties were pretty good for me. Oh, okay. Never I had mind. to grow up a little bit too. Yeah, I was pretty wild when I was young. Seventies <laughs> you, you were pretty good, but I think the eighties, I kind of uh, yeah, kind of, um, probably could have been more adult. Um. So, gotcha. Early nineties anyway. were pretty good to me. There. Well, you know how people always talk about like things were better back in the day. You know how everybody says that. Yep. And uh, I heard a, a philosopher say that it's not that things were better. It's just everything's better when you're young. Like everybody just wants to be young again. So That's it's like true. not nece not necessarily everything is uh, is better now than it was back then. It's just that you were younger and and you felt better and things were fun. <laughs> I just wonder, I want to hear what you thought about that. Not that, that has anything to do I kind of right agree now. with that. I mean, uh, there's there's a lot of things that. Uh, that um, I've recently come to to realize were uh, were worse when I was young than they are now, but other people don't talk that way. Kind of like um, um, violence, 
Um, in my yeah. days, we were in high school. Man, kids would get beat half to death. I mean, kids would end up in the hospital from getting beat up and stuff. And uh, all that would happen is somebody gets suspended for three days, you know? Yeah. Um, but, I mean, people would have to get their noses rebuilt. Or they, I remember one kid getting uh, punched and uh, uh, the kid put a finger right through his mouth. <laughs> through, yeah. Right through his cheek, you know? And uh, um, every now and then somebody would get killed and, and stuff. And, and that doesn't happen nowadays. These kids are pretty sheltered in, in school you know, um, you know, outside of school, that's not to say there ain't violence now, but it's different. Yeah. Uh, you know, so uh, yeah, uh, there, there's a lot of things that are worse now. There's a lot of things that are, sure. that are better now. Uh, it's, it's a give and take. Right. Right. Yeah. There's, there's definitely more consequences now. Like you, you can't get away with as much stuff as you used to be able to. Yeah. Um, yeah, I know. I uh, my uncle, who's in his, I think he's close to seventy now, and he wouldn't care if I said this, but he got uh, he got caught when he was in high school, like stealing a police car, <laughs> and like didn't get in trouble. You know, it's like like it was a uh, his dad was his buddy's dad was on the police force or something, and they they stole the keys and uh, you know drove drove around. Or something. I don't know, pull people over and stuff in it and. You know, now, like, if you did something like that now, whew, that wouldn't be good. Um, especially with social media and whatnot. But uh, ah, there, there could be an argument about some some people just need to be punched in the face too. You know, right? Um, That's one of the things that did change for the for the worse. When yeah. I was a kid, I mean, if you uh, you had something to say say about somebody, it was somebody in your world, real close by, and if you said something, you, there was consequences. You know, nowadays you can say something about anybody anywhere and it's, you know, on a computer, you could hide behind a screen. You don't get punched in the face. So these kids grow up just being smart asses, you know? Yeah. Or making rude comments. I mean, if you ever read through the comments on the YouTube uh, show, I mean, it's unbelievable oh, yeah. what people say. I mean, it, it's just bash fest. You know, mm. you have to constantly delete messages because people feel like they're their way of uh, telling everybody that they're great is to tell everybody else how bad they are. Yeah. You know? Bring everybody down. You didn't do that well, back in uh, my days because uh, uh good old boy would uh, call you out and you'd have to go out in the street and fight them. Yeah. Uh, it's just like we put that, uh, I put that video up this week that uh, guy from Michigan, Jake killed those two bucks in one, one set up there in Michigan. It's just like, I told him, I said, just be prepared because people are going to say something like they're going to say the bucks are too small or you shouldn't have shot two of them or this or that. And um, like we get it every, every single video. And sure enough, a bunch of people had to downgrade his successful hunt, you know, in their minds. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's just such a big shame. Yeah, I, in that one short, I talked about uh, um, shooting. A, and I said it was a pretty big buck, you know, about a 140 class eight pointer. And I had uh, a guy just going nuts. If you think a 140 is big, you are stupid. You don't know how to hunt. You don't know this. And man, there's some pretty big 140s out there. Right. <laughs> I don't know if that guy knows what a 140 is because, uh, you know, he's telling me he would never shoot something less than 160. Well, he doesn't hunt the public land I hunt then. Maybe right. he's better than I am. He must have like 50 170s on his walls. Yeah. <laughs> but, but uh, uh, you know, you ever see... I was uh, at the Ohio show. I was looking at some of the bucks on the wall, and there were some ungodly looking 
140 to 150 inch eight pointers. Yeah. Big I mean, Oh my gosh. To, to get 140 or 150 inches on an eight point rack, it's a mm -hmm. pretty big buck. Oh I mean, yeah. It might not be a big buck on a, uh, on a 10 pointer. Maybe it's a nice buck on a 10 pointer. Or a, right. Or even a smaller buck on a 12, but an eight frame that scores 140 is a pretty big buck. If it yeah. actually nets 140, not what people yeah. call 140. Yeah. An eight point frame could be a 170 pretty quick if it had more points. You know, that that's the type of frame that a Boone and Crockett's made out of. <clears throat> it just doesn't have enough points to be, make Boone and Crockett, you know. Um, all right. Ethan asked, are shady areas with dropping thermals good bedding in the mornings for hot days and early season? Probably. Yeah, I would say so. You still got to go out and find them. Uh, you still got to find a bedding and and uh, determine it as bedding. I don't think I could. I would just, you know, set up on shady areas with dropping thermals. I'd want to determine that there's probably bucks bedding in there to sign that they're bedding there, coming out, or that you've actually seen the beds. But yeah, I would say that that's quite often the case that they they seek out those cool uh, low areas. Yep. Um, let's see here. Thumbing through the comments, everybody. Any chance of, uh, making a video this year of Dan hunting from a saddle and, and John hunting from a stand. Maybe, maybe uh, a funny video. Yeah. <laughs> You got some much more likely to get Josh in a saddle than me. Yeah. I mean, I don't mind him. I might do it with a rifle or something. But, uh, yeah. Or to film somebody. But right. I don't think I'd want to hunt on a one. I think they'd be super useful rifle hunting. It's just set behind the tree and use the tree as a. Yep. Um, on like deer drives or anything. You could just bring a couple of sticks with you and just get up above the cattails or whatever you need to do. Um, I think we got through all the questions, Dan. That's it. If, uh, yeah, we've been on here for about an hour and a half. I skipped over a few just because we'd been, we'd answered them quite a few times in the past. So, um, if you guys had questions I didn't get to, maybe just look around on the clips and you'll be able to find us answering those exact questions. Uh, I hope everybody's coming to the Wisconsin show. That's going to be in the area. Should be fun. Yeah. I hope to see everybody there. Stop by and say hey. Yep. All right, everybody. Thanks for hopping on tonight, and we'll talk to you next time.